This is the moment you've all been waiting for. DC and RC. Welcome to a brand new episode of DC. Louisiana. It's DC and RC. Hailing from around Louisiana. It's fight night. Catch a right hook in your right eye. Change how you look. Daniel, come again. And Ryan Clark, the champs are here. With battle scars, this small fan. Louisiana's in the air. From the railroad to Lafayette to Los Angeles to Top Square. Why well, could go one show without you going, I'm a Super Bowl champ. When the mic's on, it's showtime. DC and RC, we win in Super Bowls and Emmys. And Daniel got two belts around the belly. Hey, I'm DC, two division champ. I ran the UFC. Cause we asking all, all the tough questions. This guy's the worst, I see. I don't know how you can do a show with DC, you broke my heart. This is MMA, mixed martial all-stars. And we thought they'd run the pal, so be on guard. And we going round for round, cause we want it all. But they can only be one in the octagon. DC and RC, DC and RC, DC and RC, ESPN, tune in to see. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my man, Ryan Clark, RC. We got a very special show today. It's the 100th episode. Dog, I didn't think we would get 10 episodes with the way this thing was reading at first. But we're at 100. <laughs> Dog. I mean, we are at 103. But my guy, yeah. it's been a while since we've done one together. How you been, my brother? Man, I've been good, bro. You know how it is, dog. I'm always on the grind. Yesterday, I was up 6 a.m. on a Zoom call. I finished bro. at 1 a.m. the next day. But that's what the work is, bro. I, I, I love it when thinking about our intro now. And it's a dude from Lafayette, Louisiana, sitting with a guy from Marrero, Louisiana. Yeah. What you've accomplished in your world, what I've got an opportunity to accomplish, and having a chance to sit here and do this show with you, bro. Uh, it's been an honor for all 103 shows, and I can't wait till we hit 200. <laughs> RC, you know what's crazy? It's like, you know a dude been on TV a long time when he changes suits. Like, you had a suit on in the morning, <laughs> by the night you were wearing a different suit. I was like, this dude done changed suits three times. Oh, <laughs> watching him today, bro. You grinded. It's amazing to watch with like three suits in one day, bro. Like what? This dude Andre is getting much more than he ever bargained for. But much Ryan, more, bro. We're gonna much celebrate. More. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna celebrate the hundredth episode later on in the show, and we will be joined by Uncle Chael. He gonna come in. We are gonna tap in. We are gonna tap out. But first, bro, last week, and I'm at Noche UFC. It's a in the Mexican Independence Day themed event. At the T-Mobile Arena, RC, you would have never thought that it was any different than any pay-per-view because the crowd was mm. electric. It was a fantastic fight night. The fights were great. The Mexican fighters were going crazy. It was nuts, right? The, the, it was such an intense night because generally Canelo fights on these weekends or Oscar yeah. De La Hoya before him, Julio Cesar Chavez. Alexa Grasso got to represent in a way that she probably never could have imagined. She gets in there with mm. Valentina Shevchenko, one of the greatest champions of all time. Great fight, back and forth. But all we're talking about when the thing is done is a bad round five score, which ultimately yeah. leads the fight to being a draw. When you watch this, how deflating was it for you for that one decision to ultimately cause Valentina Shevchenko a second run with the championship? No, it definitely caused Valentina Shevchenko a second run at the championship. And I think the other thing is, DC, that it's so anticlimactic. It's these are two excellent fighters, both worthy of being champions, and you don't give them 
that 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 f finality right you don't give them that opportunity to say i was the best tonight or i wasn't and i think when judges make these sorts of calls that are inexplicable you put people in the position of not knowing right it's six weeks of training or however long training camp is you go out there you put your heart and all that you have into what you have to do in the octagon and as you see both of them with their hand raised they wanted a winner dc they wanted a loser and i heard you say when Alexa Grasso says, well, I got the win, and you're like, but you didn't. Because she didn't, DC. Nobody walks out of that octagon and gets to say they were the better fighter that night. Nobody gets to walk out of the octagon and gets to say that it was a successful training camp because the judges stole that from them. And when I think 10-8 round, <laughs> DC, this is what I think. The layman, right, the drunk dude at the bar should be able to watch a round of UFC and say, yes. oh, my goodness. He or she got dominated so badly, it wasn't even competitive. These two humans should not be inside the cage together. It, is such, it was such a mismatch in that round that I have to give him a 10-8. I would stop the fight if mm -hmm. I could. It was so bad. But that's, that wasn't what that was. Valentina Shevchenko did land some strikes. And obviously, Alexa Grasso wins the round. I'm not taking that away from her. But it wasn't that, that sort of dominant. It wasn't that type of duration. It wasn't that level of punishment opposed to what Valentina Shevchenko did. And so now, when I'm home as the fan, honestly, DC, I'm like, what the F? Right? I'm, I'm texting yeah. the group chat. Like, yeah. how does that happen? DC, for you, as a fighter, bro, what would it be like for you to put your all into it the way Valentina Shevchenko did? To understand you're coming back from losing your belt after being a long-reigning champ, and they take it from you. They steal it from you. They take the glory. What would that feeling be walking out of the octagon back to your locker room? Bro, let me tell you something. The one time I fought Alexander Gustafson, it was a split decision. And when they read that scorecard for him, I got so nervous. I could feel my stomach drop out the, the bottom. It just like it was a pit. I could not believe it. I was like, oh, my goodness, I've lost this belt after I just won it. Now, when you're in there, you don't know when the fights are that close. And I don't feel like either of these women should have felt confident that they had gotten the job done. Because reality is, I scored the fight for Alexa Grasso because I gave her round four. So I thought she should have mm. won. But the reality is when I think, I think when she was saying that, RC, she was saying, I won because she was still holding the belt, right? So regardless of what happened, she still had that belt wrapped around her waist and it filled her with that joy of not losing the thing that she covered so much. But the reality is it was a draw and she could not recognize in the moment. Valentina Shevchenko rightfully was upset, though, Ryan, because if she won, no one would have ever batted an eyelid because the fight was that competitive. This is what she had to say after the fight. I feel that um, to give at 10-8, you have to be very sure that it is 10-8. But it was not our case. It's kind of like was not even close to 10-8. And yeah, I, I hope it's gonna change, but I know many fighters go through the same frustration uh, when it's kind of like that way, but you cannot do nothing. The official decision, it's official decision. As I mentioned, it's a draw, it's not a loss, but in my case, it's not a victory. 
you know, she she was very disappointed. And Chael Sonnen had this to say. The only thing required is at some point within the round, the round was eligible for a stoppage. There was a moment with less than 30 seconds left where Grosso was teeing off and the bullet curled up. It's not the score I had, but it is within the description to have the conclusion. That's Chael Sonnen as we welcome Chael Sonnen in. I will say this, guys. We're going to go one round with Uncle Chael. And Uncle Chael has a quick tongue, and Uncle Chael's a very smart man. But Uncle Chael is wrong. Uncle Chael is wrong in this instance. That That is not the description for which you can score 10-8. Um, impact, dominance, duration. If two of those, Chael, are met, then you consider a 10-8 round. All three, then you are strongly told to judge it a 10 out. Now, wow, there was impact. Valentina also landed punches with impact. There was dominance where she took her down at the end of the round and she had her. I feel what we're missing, Chill, is duration. That is the problem. He'll consider it if there's two. If all three factors are present, then the judge shall score it a 10-8 round. Chill, how can you say, because there was a moment she curled up, that this round could have been 10-8? How can you do that, my friend? Hey, D.C., Nothing would make me happier than to come on here and to have to correct you, but I think we're saying the same thing. Look, you just cited the actual rule, and what they read from me was a citing of my interpretation of that rule. Now, the checks and balances in this fight, first off, the corner is supposed to stop a fight when their fighter's in trouble. I know we never see that, but they're supposed to. A TKO represents the referee telling the corner, you have failed. You fail to get your fighter out of here and protect them, so I'm going to do it. When you have a 10-8 round, that is the judge now telling the referee, you failed. You should have stopped the fight. It's much like when the doctor steps in and calls mm -hmm. off because the referee screwed up. We've got all these different checks and balances, and your partner there, Ryan Clark, agrees with me because he said that it's got to be very clear. DC, I see it that same way. Not only did I not have this a 10-8 round, I had the entire round for Shevchenko. I'm just defending... Mm -hmm. Mike Bell, who was the judge, and there's few people that would like to put your face in it like the puppy that missed the paper more than me, but I have to defend Mike Bell in one regard. That fight was eligible for stopping when she was being teed off on. I realize title fights don't get stopped there. She was going to be shown a benefit of a doubt. But if you're curled up and you're taking shots, and that's what Mike Bell saw, maybe we, we don't know his vantage uh, point. I would listen. Yeah, yeah. I would listen to what he has to say. Chael, you're, you're, you're right. There was a moment in there with 30 seconds left. But the whole first part of the round, Valentina won. As you said, that's why you thought you could score the round for her. But the reality is she did not win that round. She lost the fifth round. And I felt like the fight came down to round number four, all the, the entire fight. But to sit there and say, Mike Bell did this, I just think he made a mistake. I think Mike Bell yeah. in hindsight sat there and goes, this girl's going to lose her championship based on how I judge round four. Maybe it should have went the other way, and he went 10-8. I think Mike Judge made a human decision in a moment where he was supposed to follow the rules, and because he made that human decision based on emotion, he finds himself in trouble, as he should be. Just like Chris Tyone finds himself in trouble for stopping that fight earlier in the night, as they should be, they got to be held accountable. And RC, can I tell you something? What Daniel just told you is because of a background in wrestling. We will have referees often 
that four minutes later regret a decision they made four minutes prior, and they'll do what's called a makeup call. Well, they'll give three points okay. for something that should have been two. This is very common, and I only tell you that because I know you don't have that in football, right? The, the guy either gets the ball in the end zone or he doesn't. The referee can't really come back later. So I do share Daniel's mindset. That's a real thing that judges do. I'd be open to hearing from Mike Bell. I'm just not currently open to piling on him because that 30 seconds did happen, and I do give him some room for that interpretation. In all fairness, I, I do see it. Chell, you know, when you're talking about checks and balances, when you're saying an official or referee is checking the corner when they have a TKO or when a judge has to give a 10-8 round, it's saying that the referee or the official is wrong. What would be the process or how can there be a process where the judge is now checked and that the judge is checked in a way that it doesn't hurt the fighter? Because even hearing for him now or him going before a counsel doesn't change that someone like Valentina Shevchenko was robbed, yep. was robbed of at least a point in that last round, and it's now affected her career. Chell, I watched you. I watched you dominate Anderson Silva for four rounds plus, and in the end, get submitted. Those small moments change the lives of fighters, and that was Anderson Silva finding a way to be better than you in a moment. This is being taken away from Valentina Shevchenko because of the judges' scorecard. What should be a checks and a balance to keep fighters out of this position of the makeup call? And that was very compassionate of you to understand. I'm glad you said that, Ryan. Imagine this scenario, fellas. You want to really have your heart broken? Imagine Shevchenko had not previously been champion. Imagine that was her one yeah. moment. I mean, we've seen yeah. this. I, Olympic team in 1980. You go find those athletes that got boycotted. Boy, the world's still a tough place for some of them. And I only bring that to you because this is a big deal. But there is still some room to learn from this. There is a reason, perhaps, that Mike Bell has. Perhaps there was a vantage point. I mean, I didn't get to see this thing live, so I was at the discretion of whatever the camera angle was. I saw Shevchenko win the round, but maybe there was a different way to see it. That's all that I'm offering. And as far as what the checks and balances are, look, they've agreed to hold a meeting. They're going to do that on Wednesday. Uh, and while that yep. doesn't sound like much, fellas, that's the most I've ever seen. I've never seen a commission okay. step up, step forward, and take any kind of an action. I've seen them regulate, bring in fighters, find them, suspend them, embarrass them, but I've never seen them do it with their own personnel. i got to commend them at least to a small degree for even holding yeah. this meeting. And, and how telling is that, Duchel? How telling is that that Nevada goes, we got it wrong? One of ours got mm -hmm. it wrong. That's the only way you take note and you say we got an emergency 10-8 meeting where we need to figure out how we're judging these rounds. That's them admitting as much as anyone in those positions will ever admit we got it wrong. But here's the deal. You made a great point. What if this was our only opportunity as a championship? They would have moved forward. She would not have gotten another yes. look. We would have been on to the next thing, Jill. The dog and pony show that is the UFC that moves from city to city, from town to town, would have gone to the next pay-per-view, and we'd have never looked back that would happen at UFC Noche. But, but, it's a big fight, and it's a fight where Alexa Grasso will be the longstanding champion, and then that decision happened. That may be a blessing to Valentina because now, even though she didn't get the title on that night, I feel like she'll get another opportunity to try to do that. Is that what you think should happen next? Run it back between these two women at 125 pounds. And if that's the case, what about the Aaron Blanchfields of the world and all these other great contenders that they have at 125? Mm -hmm. 
I will tell you, I would love to see how this chess comes out, right? Grosso, like every champion, has one job, which is to get the biggest paycheck against the easiest opponent. So if Grosso feels that Shevchenko is the biggest threat to her title, she needs to get in front of this thing, say, I've given you 10 rounds. I've given you two <laughs> opportunities. You couldn't leave with yeah. the belt either time. And she needs to squash this. Valentina, meanwhile, should have grabbed the microphone right out of your hand that night and said, this is a draw. In a quarter law, hung jury means this never happened. In a fist fight, a draw means this never happened. So give the people what you promised them, rebook us, and let's have a fight. Neither one of them did this. I mean, this was the road to nowhere. I got to tell you, they really did screw this up, DC. You make a good point that the rest of us are still talking about it. We might go out there and help them get to number three, but they're not helping themselves. Chael, we've seen nine rounds of this, right? And Valentina Shevchenko, who was one of the most dominant UFC champions we've ever seen, has been bested in many of those rounds. If this goes to an immediate rematch and Valentina Shevchenko gets her opportunity, who do you feel the, the trilogy fight favors? Is it Alexa Grosso or Valentina Shevchenko, especially with the way that this fight ended? Well, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I just saw it, so I feel like I know the same weight class with the same girls and the same rules. I, I feel like I know, and I would be very confident that Shevchenko was going to win. I not only thought she won rounds one, two, three, and five, I'm not convinced she didn't win round four, and I know that one's a discussion, but this was absolutely dominant. The other side of that, Ryan, is I do have to compliment the heart and the grit of Grosso. Many people, when you're going into a fourth round and you're down the first three, they no longer try to beat their opponent. They try to just beat the clock. And the announcers mm. will even carry him and say, it's a moral victory. The, the reality is this it's concession. It's concession 10 minutes early. Grosso went for the knockout. Grosso knew, I'm yeah. down three. The math doesn't work. Okay. I've got to finish her. And she came out like a true champion. I got to tell you, I have had visions of myself at night during my career, dreaming of being the competitor and dreaming of being as tough as both of those girls were on Saturday. And that's just the truth. It was a fantastic fight between two really talented mixed martial artists. But when I look at a third fight, I always look at the, the, the improvement level of what we have seen, right? So we had saw Max Holloway for so long, and Volkanovski was getting better and getting better. And in fight two, Max seemed like he still might have had an edge. But by fight three, mm -hmm. his room for growth was so much bigger. That, that, was a, that was a river between Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovski, sorry. And that may be the case with Alexa Grosso because she is still improving. Whereas the first fight, she didn't defend hardly any takedowns. This time, she did defend some takedowns. This time, she dropped Valentina and once again proved that she can get to her back and put herself in a position where she can finish. Make no mistake about it, Alexa Grosso was the closest to finishing that fight, and that is why she is still the champion. Guys, it wasn't just that, though. Kevin Holland, Chael, fought against Jack Della yeah. Maddalena in the co-main event. Kevin Holland yep. had a big win over Michael Kies, and it felt like he was turning the corner. But then you go and you fight Jack Della, and while it was a very competitive fight, he got beat on a very close decision. Kevin has now fought five times in the last 12 months, and while that may lie in the paycheck and the pocketbooks, it, it does not show that he's winning, right? He's 2-3 and three in the last five, Chael. If you're coaching Kevin Holland, what do you do with this young man? What's your message to the trailblazer to try to get him heading back in the right direction and capitalize on what I feel could be a massive career for him? 
Well, and DC, me as a fan, I guess. I mean, if you say Kevin Holland lost, like, I guess that's true. I watched it. I loved every second of it. I love that he called out yeah. Neil Magny afterwards, <laughs> which is what only winners do. He did what winners did. Then he even challenged him to a hair match if you guys said that part. But DC, specifically to your question, if you're coaching Kevin Holland, <laughs> there is one glaringly big problem. At the start of his career, he was so proud of his black belt under Travis Luter. He wanted to pay such respect to Travis Luter that he wanted the opponent to take him down. He would almost help you take him down. And if he got the finish, he looked great. But if it went to the judges, he lost every one of those rounds. The reason I bring this up, he started working on that. He even came out and worked with you on that wrestling defense. But now he needs that wrestling offense, DC. That's the one thing about a lot of top jujitsu guys. They spend so much time when they get to the ground. They forget, I got to get the fight to the ground. They're, they can't just assume it's going to go there. I mean, Kevin Holland stood his ground. He brawled with kickboxing. But in 15 minutes, not only did they never hit the floor, he never attempted to take it to the floor. And that's just something mm -hmm. that we all see within Kevin. And I think we can repair that gap. But, boy, he's sure fun to watch. He did not feel like a loser to me. Yeah, he, he, he hardly ever feels like a, a loser. You go back to the Hamzat Chamaya fight, which we saw at a catchweight, and I was like, oh, this is kind of what we expected. But if you're Kevin Holland, who is always entertaining and everyone taps in to his fights, Chill, would you just keep accepting the most exciting fight, the best guy you can put him in the octagon with to give the fans what they want? Or should he be trying to figure out a way or a path to getting an opportunity to fight for an actual title and guys i think that might be what he's doing now no hold on rc you, I, I guess i didn't hear you at the very end there i like that he called out neil magny and because if you do look at that record boy those are top guys and and jack this opponent okay. on saturday might have been the less known he might be the best guy Della lame is right in that same room with adesanya and volkanovsky this guy is awesome and i only bring to you when he Della called out Della neil magny that's not a disrespect to neil which you have two Della guys Lema. that are coming off a loss <laughs> Uh, you, you have two guys that, you know, are a little outside of the top 10. You have two guys that kind of like to stay yeah. on their feet, but they can go to the ground. They can push the pace. I just kind of thought that was a smart call out. It's a match that I would like to see. And instead of throwing him all the way in the deep end, you can still use him in a feature match. You can still put him in a co-main mm -hmm. event as long as you put him in there with another veteran. I think there's a lot of really good moves for Kevin Hall as he's figured himself out. I don't love him at 70. I'd like to see him at 85. Sorry, DC. Go ahead. Chill. Hey, listen. Love that you call him Della Lama. I love that you, dude. The way you pronounce these guys' names is the best. And also, outside of Habib, nobody's ever, nobody, nobody's ever lost around Uncle Chael. And I tell you guys, those glasses Uncle Chael are wearing are prescription. He's beautiful. This man is the guy, Chael. We'd love to have you on more, man. We appreciate you. We appreciate you, my brother. Thank you, brother. You know good well I'm self conscious about these things. Great to see all of you. Come on. <laughs> Bro, he's I the best. absolutely love Chael. Chael should be in the WWE. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But this is what we learned this weekend, right? The Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes bring oh all the stars out. And they actually had the yes. rock in Boulder, Colorado, for the matchup oh. of Colorado and Colorado State. But it seemed like there were at least some rock impersonators in the octagon this weekend. And one of those guys, Charlie Campbell, oh. pulled the rock on you. What did you think about my boxing? I thought- it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. Shout out to Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. I'm a huge fan. Put me in a movie or something. You know I love a good WWE reference, so I'm going to let you live in the octagon tonight. (laughs) DC, DC, he set you up, dog. And you was actually about to answer him, too. And that's what makes it funny. You thought he wanted your opinion. (laughs) Oh, my God. RC, RC, you know his words? Go ahead. You know what's worse, RC? You know what's worse? Bruh, this dude got me all night. He walked out to my walkout song. Then he hit me with the rock in the octagon. I was like, this dude, Charlie Campbell, is just too much. The moment he hit the curtain thing, I'm trying to ignore that he got my walkout song. Dominic Cruz was right. like, well, it, it doesn't really do the song justice. And then he go and then he hit me with the rock. It was awesome, though, bro. It was awesome. I loved it because... I like stuff like that, right? I'm a WWE guy. And you mentioned the Colorado Buffaloes and the Stars being out. Bro, it looked like the BT Awards out there. Master P was there. Wayne was there. It looked like the BT Awards. It looked like the SS Festival. It looked like the SS Festival in D.C. Like everybody in the world. Hey, hey, Boulder, Colorado looks like the Bayou Classic, dog. Like it's Grambling and Southern facing off the day after Thanksgiving. Bro, Lil Wayne. Walk the team out. Like, literally, walk the team out of the locker room. So, hey, hey, though we are not celebrating like the Colorado (laughs) Buffalo guys, this is the celebration of 100 shows of DC and RC, and we take a look back at the first 100 episodes. You hear that old school funk? You see those light colors? That means 
that you are joining the first episode of DC and RC. Here I go again. Just ask you about why you're late, bro. You have to be professional. <laughs> Welcome to a brand new episode of DC. Welcome to DC. Yes, DC and RC. Let the show begin. Gotta dance a little bit. We go. No, 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 no. Oh, if I could go one show without you going, I'm Super Bowl champ. Hey, I'm DC, two division champ. I ran the UFC. It was just too hard to pick one. Don't do this, Ryan Clark. DC, oh shit, DC. Wait, what? DC, what? You guys don't catch him, okay? Damn, I'm yo. all up on that case. About that case. But you still can't beat me, and I'm back. We strong, asking for more. Uh. DC, get your boy Khabib oh, dancing. Just feel it. Let the music move you. This part's the worst, I see. I don't know how you can do it so. The videos were edited. DC, you will break my heart. Nobody understand this guy. He doesn't speak English. Right, right. Twelve bonus, twelve bonuses. Twelve oh, UFC appearance. The boys are having all kind of problems. Drink water. You almost died. Oh, he wouldn't shake my hand. He wouldn't shake my hand. Dies. You almost die on this show. Every month, bro, you choke on something, you sneeze, you cough, bro. You make more noises that have zero to do with analyzing mixed martial arts than anyone. And you just sweat so much. Why are you sweating bro. so much, bro? Turn your bro. air conditioning so, on. What is wrong so, with you? RC is so... RC is so hot at the UFC Apex, dog. I don't know if they cut weight up in here or what. It is hot at the Apex, dog. We're trying to save money out here. Hey, <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, you don't need to save no, no money. When you told but Khabib, bro. hey, you told Khabib dance. Khabib said, no, 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 no dance. Khabib said, no, no, bro. no, 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 no dance. <laughs> I don't get how you can't get any of your friends to be nice to me. And you only got two of them, Islam and Habib. Like you ain't got but two people in there that's ever fought in the like UFC you. that like you. That's like it. You, and like those like two you, dudes are mean as hell. But honestly, DC, bro, like when I look back on that, I think back to the first show. And not only the first show, the second show. I did the show in the bathroom of a hotel that I was staying oh my in God. in a week I was training I DBs, bro. I did. I couldn't pronounce anybody's name. I'm pretty much not that much better now. <laughs> I'm better than Chael Sonnen, though, oh, I've you learned, because he just called people oh. whatever the hell ever. Um, <laughs> but, dog, like, it's been... It's been so fun to, to grow in this space. And I'll be honest, oh, when it first started, I had to stop reading the feedback on Twitter. I was like, these people hate me. They're never going to, to, to like the show. Oh, my God. The show isn't going to last. And every time I see our faces pop up on a fight night, on a UFC pay-per-view, bro, yeah. I just smile because, like, I know how much work everybody behind the scenes has put into this, man. Yeah. The Jakes, the Ayers, the Shawns, the Glens, bro, all that they've done for us to continue to do this show and for us to get better. Also, the work that you've done and just helping me, bro, and allowing me to grow in this space, man. So it's been really dope uh, to do these 100 shows with you. RC, I don't know what happened, but the air conditioner just came on. The air conditioner just kicked on up in this place. <laughs> You're a I'm new so man. happy now, boy. It was hot. Oh, my goodness. I was starting to fade. I was going to fall out. I was about to fall out of my chair. But, dog, it's been 100 episodes. It's been amazing. Like we talked about, we didn't know what was going to happen. While you and I were friends and we figured, oh, my, this is going to work, the people didn't really accept it right away. But it's okay. We kept plugging and plotting. And today, I don't even have to be on the show. 
and you still pulling numbers with whoever you're hosting with. I don't quite <laughs> like that. I kind of wish that the flow, the show flopped last week when I wasn't there. But the reality <laughs> is, you come a long way, my brother. And it really is your commitment to the sport. And I think now people can see how much you love mixed martial arts, bro. And I'm telling you, this show now is the highlight of every one of my weeks. I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to you. And and even and RC, like even your point on the judging, a 10-8 round to anyone should be able to see it because you're watching it with different eyes than I am because I'm watching as a guy that was inside the octagon. You've played in Super Bowls. But it's like to get those perspectives – is what makes this show truly special, man. I appreciate you, my brother. Man, no doubt. And, you know, one thing, we couldn't do this show if the fans hadn't come around. Obviously, they already love D.C. You accepting me made them appreciate me as well. But we have some fan appreciation and apparently a video, so we want to show that to everyone right now. You know the centennial anniversary, 100 years, 100. Anytime there's a 100 associated with an anniversary, it's supposed to be special. But everybody ain't RCDC, baby. Everybody ain't Ryan Clark and Daniel Cormier. Everybody ain't a former Super Bowl champion and a former light heavyweight and heavyweight champion. That's y'all. That's y'all. See, this is my moments like this. Just touch my heart. Because I look at y'all and the inspiration oh that y'all continue to be as you rise, as you ascend, as you propel to another level. Don't forget the little people like me. Man, shut Congratulations, up, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. forget me. Yeah. Don't forget yeah, the You're a little person. Like, he's a little yeah. person, right? Like, hey, RC, we man. just like being on his show, right? Everybody just want to be on man. his show, but he's a little person. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. You look, this dude's show is going hey, crazy that, right that, now. Hey, that was, that, that was cool, man. You know, like, when Stephen A. talks about our show and I got an opportunity to speak on the Israel Adesanya, Sean Strickland fight on first take, and that was one of those moments when the co-host of DC and RC – podcast is on the bottom of the screen as, as my banner and it's like dang I've ascended from just being a football player just being an NFL analyst I'm a co-host of a show about yep. the UFC that people actually dig but one part of my show that has nothing to do with DC is stepping fly because we know he can't dress anyway let's see what we got today corporate <laughs> Jake <laughs> hey DC so today oh. we did a show with Desi okay. Banks I had a special outfit this is the hundredth show that we've ever done, and on my shirt is my dog DC, bro. I had to show you love. Now, you I bought this shirt from? in Las Vegas the last time I was there for International Fight Week. I found a store Ooh, that had so your bad. shirt, bro. I had to rock it on the podcast. I wore it for the pivot that aired today. What you think about my outfit, bro? Am I stepping fly or what? RC, let me tell you something. You have worn some nice outfits, but that's a bad shirt right there. My goodness, look at that. What would be, who's the designer of that shirt? How much was that? All that expensive clothes that you have bought in your entire life pales in comparison to buying the shirt with the double champ on it. I got to get that. I'm going to get a shirt now with you, with your Emmy, and I'm going to have you wear that. I got to get a specially designed shirt now with a dog. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. That's a sick shirt. I don't know where you got that, but I'm definitely wearing a Ryan Clark Emmy T-shirt because I got a rep just like you repping, my guy. I appreciate that, man. That's awesome. My man, hey, my fit was fire, dog. I already told him. When I walked oh, in, see, I said, nice. make sure y'all get pictures. I said, make sure y'all get pictures because I got to have this on Step and Fly for my boy next week. But you know what time it is now, DC. It's time to tap oh, in yeah. and oh, tap yeah. out. Corporate Jake, 
What we got? All right, guys, Saturday night, a pair of top 10 lightweights take center stage as Rafael Fazeev and Mateus Gamrot this face off. DC, tap in or tap out. The winner becomes a top contender at 155. I, I tap in because he here's the deal, right? And Ryan and I were in London together when Fazeev got his opportunity at the top. He fell Engaging. short, but he was very competitive. Gamrot got his shot at the top against Benil Dariush and fell a little short. A win over the other put him right back in contention. And not only because I believe that they are technically there, because there needs to be a little bit of change at the top of the lightweight rankings, right? For so long, we've seen Oliveira Gaethje Poirier. It's time for some new guys, Chandler, to burst their way into the top five, top three. And I think these are the types of fights that allow for these young athletes to put themselves in position. Yes, I tap in. I mean... You think back to these guys' recent fights, though. You look at Rafael Fazeev. He looked like he was a little bit quicker than Justin Gaethje. He thought, you thought he was getting off a little faster than he was in round one. And then get, uh, Justin Gaethje, that veteran kind of uh, ringsmanship, I know it's an octagon, and him finding his way to get close to him, to put hands on it, to be more physical, land the more dominant shots, it seemed to overtake him as the fight went on. And also, Benil Dariush really dominating Gamrod in some facets of the fight. And so I think that yep. this fight does put them back in the top five, but they'll need more wins for us to mention them in the names, with names like Islam Mahachev, Charles Oliveira, and obviously guys like Justin Gaethje. What's up next? All right, guys. We know the infamous image of DC Rogan Anik reacting to a crazy knockout between Close and Dariush. How about a fan getting the image as a tattoo? RC, tap in or tap out. This is the best MMA tattoo of all time. I tap in because of what the moment is, right? Like, these things are iconic when it comes to John and Joe and DC. And the other part of it is this. If you got a tattoo of one of them, it's dope. If I got John Anik because I love the UFC, it's dope. If you think about just being an international superstar like Joe Rogan and the UFC, it's dope. If it's just DC, two-division champ, start turning into a freaking media superstar, it's dope. But you get all three, and in the moment, and you have a great artist like this, this is the best MMA tattoo of all time, and I don't know how you top it. I don't think I don't think anyone could get a better tattoo in regards to what it looks like, how well done it seems to be. But tattooing another man on my body, I just don't see it, RC. I'm, I apologize. And it's a, it's a tattoo with me in the tattoo. I'm not putting some dude on my body. I just, I can't do it. DC, I, mean, I can't do it, man. Full disclosure. Full disclosure, I do have a Kobe Bryant tattoo. I'm just being honest here. I'm okay, 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 a, okay, okay. Well, okay. I love Bean, but I still don't know if I could have put a Kobe Bryant tattoo on it. <laughs> but I don't know, y'all. I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. But not that. Not that. <laughs> Cobra Jake next. All right, guys, check this out. A video surfaced of Alex Pereira's son <laughs> attempting to scare him, and Pereira came so close to knocking his son, own son out with a right hand. DC, tap in or tap out, pranking an oh MMA fighter. Oh, my goodness. Well, you can't prank Alex Pereira. Look at him, dude. Look at him. Did you see when he was on the roller coaster? They're dropping, dipping hundreds of feet, and he's just sitting there like this. He never hey. gets afraid. You got to be careful with this guy. He's dangerous. Are we ever just going to say it? My man crazy, bro. Like, Alex Pereira, he don't play no games, dog. He's a scary, scary man. And don't yes, get me wrong. Bro. They say, you know, like, 
I meet some of you guys, like meeting you, like my daughter loves you. She made me walk all the way down yeah. to the floor just to meet you because you are nice and you're kind and you're fun and you're joyful. You know, you meet Izzy, he's engaging and fun. Kamaru Usman, Alex Pereira? Not Alex. He just looked mean as hell all the time. He looked like he have no fun, <laughs> like he wants to smile. None of those. I ain't never been looking at him like, I would love to hang out with this guy. So for his kid to want to scare him, that mean that little dude going to be a bad boy too when he's a grown man. What's up next, Jake? I got you. He's very, he very brave. He very brave. But the reality, like you said, Ryan, here's the deal. No, he's not that smart. The kid's not that smart, Alex. Like, smarten the boy up, man, because this dude is playing with his life. Dude, when Alex does interviews, Ryan, he's, he, he answers, and then while his translator's answering, he just stares at you like he wants to kill you. It's like, bro, I didn't do anything. I'm just asking questions for the media. It's crazy. Corporate Jake. Hi, guys. WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle recently spoke with our Mark Ramundi and had this to say about our very own Daniel Cormier. I think he would have been entertaining. I think his wrestling would have been incredible. Uh, I think Daniel would have had a stellar career, probably uh, uh, equal to mine, I believe. Really? That's that's saying yeah. that's saying quite a bit. Yeah, I, I have that much uh, faith in Daniel. I think he would have had a stellar career, as as good as mine. RC, tap no in, chance. tap in, or tap no out. Chance. DC wow. could have a Hall of Fame level WWE career. First off, I tap all the way in. It's why he's having a Hall of Fame level post career in the media. And you know he could do everything from an athletic standpoint. He's obviously one of the greatest wrestlers we've ever seen inside the octagon. I totally tap in on what Kurt Angle said. And honestly, too, though, I'm, I have a little pride in the fact that I'm like, man, someone like Kurt Angle giving DC that sort of compliment, that's a huge deal that can't go understated. RC, that's a big deal for, for me, for Kurt Angle, because Kurt Angle, to me, was a hero, right? He's an Olympic champion, won the Olympics with a broken neck, right, in the weight class that I wrestled in. So for a long time, I looked up to Kurt. But to think that you could have elevated in that genre like Kurt did, it's impossible. In a year, he was the WWE champion. It doesn't work that fast. Yeah. This guy was a natural wrestler. So I love how humble he was being, but I could never think that I could ever have reached those levels like him in the time span that he did. Kurt Angle was made for wrestling, and it showed the moment he stepped into WWE. Corporate Jake. All right, guys, last one. Last night on SC with SVP, following the Saints and Steelers, our own RC turned from analyst to professor with his new touchscreen wand. DC, tap in or tap out on this new Professor oh, Clark. Oh, come on, man. Come hey, it's on, Mr. Clark. They're giving him things they used to call. <laughs> they used to call me Crazy Ryan. Now they call me Wand Man. Yes, sir. Oh, you my see God. Me? Come. RC, come on, man. They giving him props now. He got props now. He, he on TV all day long. Now he got a little thing in his hand that he pressing. So now he, he done won the Emmy. He done won the Super Bowl. He holds the most successful podcast in the world. He on our podcast. He on first take. And now he too good to touch the touch screen. It's called a touch screen. <laughs> Use your finger, Ryan Clark. You got to have one of them little DC. things. Now. Oh, my goodness. The, the top of the screen is too tall, bro. I'm 5'11". <laughs> and so now I can just reach. And it helps me stay out of the way of what I'm trying to show to people, DC. Also, 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 I wake okay. up at 5.30 okay. on Monday mornings in a different city than I go to sleep. 
That was at 12.45, DC. Give me a break and at least give me some help Dude. if you're going to work me for 18 stinking hours, bro. Hey, hey, RC, you work because you want to work, my brother. And you and I have spoke about this, this all day. This is also there. true. To not have opportunity is where the real bad situation would start. We have opportunity, so we are tremendously blessed to be in the position that we yes, are we in. Are. We are 100 shows in on a show that we never thought would work. And, RC, guess what else? Hey, I said you host one of the popular podcasts. Your boy on the pivot got over a million views. My episode, so you should wear my shirt. Let's go, man. Let's go, RC. <laughs> hey, I should have <laughs> wore your shirt for some of the money you made me in advertisements, brother. Hey, man, we thank you. You can catch us every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast at midnight on ESPN2. I am RC. This is Daniel Cormier. We appreciate y'all sticking with us for 100. Here to the next 100.